Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Reed Wilkins has uh, popped into the other studio there. Reed's been uh, working on the Eddie L. Nicky story. Where uh, members of the they do the, this award, it's called the BLG Awards for the Youth Sport Athlete of the Year. Uh, they've done it since the early 1990s. It was based out of Calgary for at least two decades, and the UFC, despite not being considered a powerhouse athletics program, has had eight uh, winners all time. There's one male, one female for Athlete of the Year in the country. They've had eight. The University of Alberta in the 20 plus years, which has been the preeminent. National Championship powerhouse in multiple sports. Uh, the UVA's had two, a uh, male and female volleyball player. Eddie Elnicki, uh, who won the heck right last year in football, uh, played for the U of A, uh, was unable to attend the BLG dinner because he was at Ottawa Red Blacks uh, training camp. And uh, long story short, the members of the BLG awards were told not to vote for him and to consider that as part of the equation. Reed Wilkins will be just quickly before we go to Craig Simpson. You're going to be following this story up tonight? Yeah, I'm mean, trying to get some comment. U Sports deflected and said, well, they're not our awards. They honor our athletes, but we don't determine the criteria. So Until. I've been in touch with B- and BLG is a law firm in Calgary yeah. that sponsors I the used awards. To tell, does, you know this. I used to tell them it was a joke eight years ago yeah. when I was the SI or ten years ago when I was the SIT at the U of A. And it's I know a joke all these years. I, you know, I put, I put some stuff out on Twitter and talked about it on my show last night, so of course I get the, well, how do you know this? Look, I've seen an email yeah. sent to the U of A last week where the word compromised was used. It, it basically said, by not attending the event, Ilnicki is compromising his chances of winning the award. This is so typically Canadian. We have a national award in youth sports, university sports, and a law firm votes for it. That's just crazy. Let's go to Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Even Craig, who played in the NCAA, is shaking his head on that one. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you? Oh, not bad. Uh, now, were you up for, like, the Hobie Baker when you played at Michigan State? Uh, yes. Uh, my second year, I was up for the Hobie Baker, uh, along with another teammate of mine, Kelly Miller. He was a senior that year as well, and... He was actually one of the 10 finalists as well. So two guys from the same team, you don't have much of a chance if you're uh, if you're in that mode as well. You guys split the vote then, that's what you're saying? 
Oh, I, I don't even know, but it's it's rare that you'd have two guys from the same team. But Kelly was a really he was our captain. He was a a really good uh, two way player, uh, a good leader, and so I, I think it was fitting that he was uh, honored in, in that way as well because he had a great uh, great four years at Michigan State and then a great career in the National Hockey League, actually. Yes, with the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals, and lo and behold, yeah. the Washington Capitals, Craig, are up three games to one in the Stanley Cup final when we had John last week. Here's where I'm going to go with this whole series, Craig. Yep. If Braden Holpe doesn't stop the puck at the end of game two, where are we at right now? Yeah, I, I think if you get to overtime there and Vegas wins, the uh, you know I, I've always said you try to impose your will on your opponent and take away their you know will to win or their hope and their uh, confidence. I, I, I think that. That moment was one of just a number of good things that happened in Game 2 that I think really got uh, Washington dialed into the game. But there's no question that uh, had that gone in and then maybe Vegas scores in overtime, you're up two games to none, it would have had a huge impact and a difference in the series. So there's always those critical moments uh, that change a game or change a series. And I think for Washington, that really dialed them in. And uh, quite frankly, they've been the better team. They, they look like a team that has had, uh, you know, that has a lot of good star players who uh, have a lot to prove, uh, other guys that have been through disappointments and have a lot to prove. And they look to me like a team that's just sort of destined to find a way to win this thing. They've, they've been a much better team over the last three games, in my opinion, uh, than Vegas. Craig, uh, I believe it was Pat Burns that said goaltending is 70% of hockey, unless you don't have it, and then it's 100% of hockey. And, and, and both Vegas and Winnipeg had it, but in games three and four in Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury was the difference for me between Vegas and the Jets. And, you know, Fleury had yeah. about a 950 save percentage yeah. through the first three rounds, and he's at 850 in this series. And lo yeah, and behold, and suddenly Vegas looks vulnerable. Yeah, they do, and and you're right. It's uh, I thought there was no question that Flurry was better than Connor Hellebuck uh, during that series, and and that allows you a chance to win the series and uh, the rest of the guys to find some confidence and make some plays and maybe look better even than they were playing at times. But uh, this has been a really really frustrating series for Flurry. I, you know the. <laughs> You look on one hand and you say there's been a ton of goals in the last couple of games where uh, just great plays by the Caps, a lot of cross-team passes, uh, one-timers, and you know in those vulnerable areas. And you say, okay, well that's you, you can't fault your goaltender, but I can tell you as a goaltender or as an athlete in any uh, position, whether you're a, a defender or whether you're a goal scorer. When your stats look so bad like that at a critical time, it, it's just got to be driving you crazy. And I think this has been a, a super frustrating series for Flurry because of that. Craig Simpson joining us right now from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Craig, I don't like guys that are self-promoters. Um, you know, as an example, uh, you know, once in a while, a guy calls me an Oilers insider. I'm not an Oilers insider. I'm the host of Oilers now, and I do color on the right. And I don't like guys that yeah. dance after goals on ice or hot dog a bit. And, but all that being said, if Jenny Kuznetsov, uh, he, you know what? He does. A little, he gets a little excited once in a while. 
He has been unbelievable for me in the playoffs, and I think he should be the runaway Con Smythe leader right now. I'd like to get your thoughts on because I'm being told a lot of the uh, yeah. print media are going to vote for Ovechkin, but for me, Kuznetsov has been the swing guy for Washington. Yeah, I think he's been the best player in the series by far. And I, I look. You mentioned the, uh, you know, the big save in Game Two. I, I go back to Game Two and say, you know, one guy who helped maybe. Uh, push the pebble over the hill and let it start rolling downhill was Lars Eller. When when the, Kuznetsov went out with the injury in game two, he jumped in, he had a goal and two assists, took over that spot, uh, Baxter moved up with Ovechkin, and they got through that game. Well, all the question going into game three was, uh, was Kuznetsov going to be good enough to play? Well, I thought in game three and in game four, by far the best player on the ice. So uh, I agree with you. I, I'm not sure how that vote's going to run. You know, a lot of sympathetic votes for Ovechkin. He's been good. He's done his job. He hasn't just, uh, you know, he hasn't just allowed the team to get here. He's been pushing the team to get here as well. He's got 14 goals, which is tied for the lead. And But to me, Kuznetsov has been really uh, showing that he's a star in this league. He's a He's one of the reasons why that team has, has sort of made that next step, and I, I think he's got a lot of potential going forward. He's a really exciting player to watch, and he would probably get my vote uh, over Ovechkin from, from the standpoint of being the um, the uh, Conn Smythe winner. Craig, there's a, you know, a lot of people have suggested, look, the game has changed. We know the game has changed. Certainly in the regular season, maybe there's not the need for as much physicality in the past. But I think these two teams have shown you still need it come playoff time because when there's been an opportunity to knock the snot out of a guy on the other team, uh, both clubs have had some people willing to do it. Yeah, I I think you're you're not looking at a team that plays on the outside with either club. Um, I've said, I think, a couple of times to you, though, Bob, it's been such a frustrating playoffs to to even commentate at time when you're looking at replays and trying to explain to people what's going on and I know people are going, well, why isn't that a penalty? And there's a ton of times. The, the last game, it, it was really an interesting uh, setup in the in the sense that clearly, it, you know, every off day you have a meeting with the uh, official supervisor and you go through the things that are bothering you as a team. You know, Barry Trotz will do it with Don Van Massenhoven and then Gerard Glant will do it. And clearly there was talks of embellishment and snapping your head back and trying to draw penalties. And I, I don't remember a game, Bob, that I've done in a while where there were so many different close call plays that looked one way and then when you analyze them were actually the other. And I, I thought it really was a, a difficult task for the officials. They were clearly not drawing anything from Vegas to snapping their head back and not drawing calls. And I would say there was two goals that were pretty much a direct result of that. So there's been a lot of tough plays. I think that's what you expect come Stanley Cup playoff time. And there's no question that these teams are, are of that ilk and of that mode that, you know, you're going to have to make a, take a hit to make a play. You're going to have to get to those tough areas to try to make something happen. But this has been a frustrating playoffs, not just the final, uh, to watch from an officiating standpoint because it's hard to get a gauge of what, 
is fair and what is going to be called. Craig, let me ask you this. Uh, so I, I, in the past, have called Tom Wilson a bit of a spot picker. And maybe it's just a byproduct of the fact that the Capitals are one game removed from winning the Stanley Cup. But I've developed a greater appreciation for his game. He's an effective forechecker. There's no question about that. Um, has your view of him changed as you've seen more of him during the playoffs this year? Uh, I, I think he's kind of what I thought he was. Uh, you know, the, the fact that in a in a playoff series, you look at certain guys that just never stop. And I, I would say Tom can't help himself more than anything is what I would say. You, you, you always know he's going to be on the edge. He's going to be close to taking a penalty almost every every game and sometimes every shift. But I would say if he were my teammate, other than the fact that I'd be worried every now and then that he's going to take a bad penalty, I know that his, his mind and his desire is to just help the team all the time. And I I think he's one of those drivers in a game that really gets the energy up, gets the tempo of the game. If you're playing against uh, the Washington Capitals and I have a matchup that my line's going up against Ovechkin's line, I got to be aware that 43's on the ice. I mean, you literally got to be aware that you're probably going to get hit when you pass that puck away. So, you know, he does have that kind of presence that he he's a continual driver. He's a thorn in your side and He's a skilled guy. He's not just a guy who runs around. He, he can make some plays, and he can uh, be a pretty uh, adept player. When you played, was there a forward that big that could skate that well that you always had to have? Jeez, uh, you might have. He might have been at your center, but you know that you had to have yeah. your, you had to have your head on a swivel because look out, there could be significant damage on the ice if you didn't have your head up or your wits about you. Yeah, you know what? That's a hard one. I'm trying to think. Uh, there's there's no question that you know Mark was one of those guys that you, you had to be aware of. Uh, you know, even when I, I would say when you think of really good matchups, you, when you're going up to play the Flames and you've got Otto and Poplinski and those guys that we literally played against every single shift, you you just knew that there's going to be a guy that no matter what happens or where the puck is, you know that you got to be ready to absorb a hit because he's going to finish it. And uh, I just think that Tom, to me, like this team, the, the Capitals, Bob, to me, look like a team that has really grown and understands what they need to do to win. And they're, they're having fun right now. They're playing for each other. They've got role players who are playing the best hockey of their lives. And, you know, that's what happens with championship teams is that you get that, you know, confluence of, of uh, confidence from everybody and they're all all of a sudden uh, performing at their top level. And, you know, to me, Wilson falls into that category. Smith, Pelly, Stevenson, all their role players, Eller, they're, they're playing the best hockey that they've had. So they're, to me, they're going to be a hard team to try to knock off. It'll be a huge challenge for Vegas to try to find a way to, to, to claw themselves back into the series. Yeah, and it's interesting because they had more talent last year, but Schottenkirk was trying to get himself a contract. Yep. Justin Williams trying to extend his career. You know what I'm saying here? Like they made some Carl Alsner was looking for a deal, right? Schottenkirk, Schottenkirk couldn't defend and really exposed himself as a, as a top defenseman because he wasn't a number one or number two defenseman. Carlson is the opposite this year. He's got a bigger role. He's yep. playing at a higher level. Orloff has jumped into that and been struggled at times, but has really been a driver. You know, even Niskanen, they, they've got a lot of players who have just uh, comfortably 
jumped into the roles and have played uh, to me at a at a quicker pace, a higher intensity, and I think for a lot of reasons the way that Ovechkin has you know sort of grabbed this team and and dragged them around. Uh, I think they all really feel a part of it and they feel like they're. They're all tugging on the rope, and they're pretty darn excited how close they are to the finish line now. Craig, I'm going to ask you a question. 5-2, third period, you're up. Uh, they're getting a little undisciplined, and Barry trots through his top power play unit on the ice with a 5-2 lead with less than five minutes left in the game. Um, and Vegas was not immune to having the likes of Ryan Reeves out there killing penalties. Would you have done that as a coach? Oh, I, I think you, I've seen way too many crazy things happen right now. If it was six to one or seven to one, and there's a last minute, I, I think you see after they scored that goal with uh, Connolly scoring on the five on three, their next power play was the, the fourth liners. Line. So yeah. you know, yeah, and I just think you, you know what, you're you're not trying to manage your way through a season. You're going, I got to win the Stanley Cup here. I. I can guarantee you if that was uh, a bench I was behind and you had Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Anderson, whoever, and you're in the Stanley Cup Finals and you've got a chance to take a 3-1 lead, you're just you're putting the hammer down and making sure you don't leave anything to chance. I got, I got no problem with that at all. All right, so I'm going to take you down a different path. Barry Trotz, on that note, this has been a master class the last two rounds because they have eliminated the transition games of both Tampa Bay and Vegas who really like to get up and after it. Now, part of it is Holtby's given them stops, and they haven't given up a lot yeah. of goals early in games. But what else have they done besides that that has mitigated against two teams that can skate with you at depth through their second, third, and fourth lines yeah. the way Tampa and Vegas can? They, uh, they check. You know, they're they're really good checkers. They, I, I found that they... Uh, all their forwards know how to angle and stop the speed in the neutral zone. Uh, I look at the Tampa Bay series, I thought in games one, two, six, and seven, they just knocked the heck out of Tampa Bay. And when you're physical and you can get on you quick and finish every check, they literally just stop the speed. You know, you, you can't get in the flow of your game. And I, I would say in this, that we've been through four games, they've probably done it you know, to near perfection in three of them. So I think it's a combination of really good angles, good sticks, and good checking. But, man, when they when they decide that they're going to be physical, uh, they, they don't allow you that easy skate or that uh, speed through the neutral zone like uh, at times where maybe a less physical or a poorer checking team uh, opens up those holes and allows to allows you to get back on your heels a little bit. They've, they've been pretty effective in the way they checked. So, Craig, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are down 3-1. You were on an Oilers coaching staff that was down 3-1. Theoretically, Vegas would have two of the next three games at home. And yep. they've overachieved all season long. You guys were going to have to go on the road uh, and, and win three games. And you, your team kept believing literally until the empty net goal at the end of the game in Game 7 down yep. in Carolina. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities here. And the other thing is, Washington, for all of the progressive steps they've taken this year, you know, it, would this not they be... they still got a little seed. There's a seed of doubt. Right, and that's where I'm going here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you just... Uh, you know, as an opponent, when you're down, uh, they, they are 
everybody says how hard it is to win that fourth one. And because, you know, right now, every Washington player, I, I'll tell you, in 1988, uh, the night before the game four in Boston, or the, the time the lights went out, you know, you can't help but think about what could be happening the next day. Uh, whereas in games or wins one through three, you're, you're not thinking about the cup in that regard. You're not thinking about the end. You're thinking about the drive of how you got to play to get there. And, and that is the difference when you're literally one win away from doing something that you've been trying to do your entire life. That, that changes, the, changes the way you play, the way you think, the anxiety, the emotions that you have. And so uh, I, I think as an opponent there, when you're down and you got nothing to lose, you have a tendency to be a little looser and just drive and just try to make it difficult, try to turn things around and try to keep believing and maybe plant a little seed of doubt. And so I think Vegas will have their best game, but it'll be really interesting to watch, you know, how, how badly the majority, not only the head coach, Barry Trotz, but, you know, 14 years for Alex Sovechkin, uh, Nick Backstrom has been a great player. There's, there's a long list of guys who are just so anxious to get their first Stanley Cup that it'll be interesting to see how relaxed or how focused and how intense they can play when they know that they're literally one win away from getting there now. Craig, you're going to chuckle. I'm going to tell a quick story. Normally I don't do this because it didn't happen on the ice, but uh, after you, so in between Game 3 and Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final back in 06, uh, Chris Pronger was parked behind me at a Starbucks, and he honked uh-huh. at me. He honked, and he had this really ridiculously loud purple, yellow, and pink uh, dress shirt that he used to wear. And my wife's like, who is that? And I'm like, that's Chris Pronger. She's like, get out. I'm like, seriously, that's Chris Pronger. And he'd see me through the you know, right through the uh, side view mirror. And so I, yep. pay, I paid for his coffee, which was like 10 bucks. You guys lost game four. I was one of the first guys in the room. He comes up to me and goes, hey, hey, Stoff, thanks for buying the coffee, man. And I look at him, and I go, you just lost game four. And he looked at me and said, we'll be back here for game six. He didn't say it on the record. He just said, don't worry, we'll be back yeah. for game six. When Pisani <laughs> scored in game five, do you remember where, uh, I don't know if you remember where we interviewed him, in that little wind tunnel down in Carolina? Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, came, yeah. he came off the ice, and he jabbed me with his stick right in the uh, butt. Like, just gave me a hard yeah. shot, and I turn around, and he goes, I told you. Like, that's the type of guy he was, right? Like, there was yeah, just that sense think- of belief, and he had incredible memory for detail as well. But he believed, and he was your best guy. Yeah, and I think you'll see a lot of that from uh, from Vegas. You know, they, they've played that role all year. They feel everybody's been against them. Nobody believed them. So they got a lot of things to sort of rest on. But at the end of the day, you just, you got to make it the most difficult thing that Washington's ever going to try to do is win that last game. And you know what? It might take one more. It might take two more. It might take three more games. But I would, I would expect Vegas to be a much better team over the last little bit. Well, well. you you certainly didn't think in 88 that it was going to take what it took when the lights went out. You probably yeah, no. you're thinking the night before you're like, no, you're gonna you're gonna win the series in four straight, but you're gonna win game four back in Edmonton. What? Like, come on, yeah. really? Think about it. Hey, try to yeah, have some. That was about the. Sorry, Craig, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, that was about the most disappointing thing. As I said, the anxiousness of that, as a 21 year old guy uh, on the verge of winning your first Stanley Cup, I, 
you know that that even losing or not losing, but uh, canceling that game was was torture as well because you just your anticipation to get there. So that's what the Capitals will be dealing with. They've had you know exercised a lot of demons all year, but they're not done yet. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think this is going to be a heck of a game five. Craig, I hope you get uh, all of your voice back. All righty. Yeah, thank you very much. Yvette, from NHL Hockey and Rogers, that's Craig Simpson. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Remember, every Wednesday night, state night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for 120 And if you're looking for a fun destination this year, Take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New S Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New S Travel, 780-432-7446, or book online at newstravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kyle Morris. When we come back, a new assistant coach of the Bakersfield Condors, one of the toughest players in NHL history, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman, played for six other teams, Dave Manson. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.